When the middle watch was on And the time went slow, boy Who could choose a rousing stave Who like Jack or Joe, boy Long we've tossed on the road This is the daily podcast from St Paul's Knightsbridge An invitation to pause for not more than ten minutes each day To think, to reflect and to pray As sea shanty mania sweeps the nation, our thoughts this week turn to the sea and to the missionary journeys of arguably Christianity's most impactful apostle and our patron, St. Paul. Our guide throughout this week is Roland Brunner. Don't forget your old shipmate. Paul and Barnabas thought about visiting the brothers in the cities where they had preached during the first missionary journey. A dispute about whether to take along John Mark, in view of his having left them the first time, resulted in a split between Paul and Barnabas. Paul therefore chose a new companion, Silas, and travelled through Syria and into Asia Minor. His second journey took place between around 49 and 52 AD. Once they arrived at Lystra, Paul arranged for the young man Timothy to accompany him. He also circumcised him, even though circumcision was not a Christian requirement. Had the half-Jew Timothy remained in an uncircumcised state, Doubtless, this would have prejudiced the Jews against Paul's preaching. Therefore, in removing this possible obstacle, Paul acted in agreement with what he later wrote to the Corinthians. To the Jews, I became as a Jew. Paul and Timothy became very close friends. Paul, in the first letter to the Corinthians, even called him his beloved son. One night in Troas, the ancient Troy, at the Aegean Sea, Paul had a vision of a Macedonian man pleading, Step over into Macedonia and help us. Concluding this to be God's will, Paul and his missionary companions, joined by Luke the physician, sailed for Macedonia, which is nowadays all of northern Greece. At Philippi, the chief Macedonian city, Lydia and her household became believers. At some stage, Paul caused a girl to lose her powers of prediction by expelling a demon from her. This didn't go down well with the locals and he and Silas were thrown into prison. But luckily, or maybe even miraculously, an earthquake freed them, and the jailer and his household became Christians. Paul, not being happy, and on the basis of his Roman citizenship, managed that the civil magistrate came personally to bring the apostle and Silas out of prison. I suppose Paul had enough of Philippi, and after encouraging the brothers, Paul and his team travelled through Amphipolis and Apollonia to Thessalonica. A congregation of believers developed there. 
but jealous Jews instigated a riot against Paul. For this reason, the brothers sent him and Silas to Beroea, a town 30 kilometers east of Thessalonica. Many became believers there also, but it turned out it wasn't far enough. Trouble caused by those Jews from Thessalonica finally obliged Paul to leave Macedonia altogether and head southwards. The brothers attended the apostle to Athens. His preaching at the marketplace there led to his being taken to the Areopagus, the court of justice close to the Acropolis. His defense moved Dionysius, one of the judges of the court that convened there, and others to embrace Christianity. But Paul didn't stay too long in Athens. Corinth, which was pretty close, was his next stop, where he took up lodging with a Jewish couple, Aquila and Priscilla, and working with them part-time as a tent maker. From Corinth, Paul probably wrote his two letters to the Thessalonians. After teaching in Corinth for a year and a half and establishing a congregation, guess what happened? He was accused yet again by local Jews. They brought the case before Gallio, the Roman proconsul, but Gallio dismissed the case. Later, Paul sailed homewards for Caesarea, first stopping in Ephesus and preaching there. From Caesarea, the apostle went up and greeted the congregation, undoubtedly referring to the congregation at Jerusalem, and then went to Syrian Antioch. Possibly earlier from Corinth, or perhaps now from Syrian Antioch, he wrote his letter to the Galatians. What astonished me today for, was the fact that St. Paul circumcised Timothy just to have an easier life with the local Jews. To the Jews I became as a Jew, or in other words, when in Rome do as the Romans do. Personally, I find this astonishingly pragmatic and would have expected a more dogmatic approach. I needed to investigate. As my first reaction Oh, come on, Paul, you finally managed to open up the faith to the Gentiles and get rid of circumcision. You suddenly fall back into old behaviors just to have an easier life. Of course, I was utterly wrong. In fact, by accepting Timothy as a Jew, Paul showed just how emancipated he was from Jewish thought. Timothy was the son of a mixed marriage. The strict Jew would refuse to accept that as a marriage at all, but would regard that half-Jewish boy or girl as dead. So much so that sometimes a funeral was actually carried out. By accepting the child of such a marriage as a brother Jew, Paul showed how definitely he had broken down all religious barriers. What I'm taking away again is that St. Paul needs interpretation and investigation rather than taking things too literally 
without challenging his thoughts and deeds. Next time you are in St. Paul's Church, please go up to the screen on the platform and into St. Luke's Chapel. There you will see scenes from his life and paintings of his followers. I mentioned them in this podcast. And you can join Roland Bruno tomorrow, Thursday, for the next in this short series. This is just one of many podcasts available from St. Paul's Knights Bridge. Rally, 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 rally,